0: Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments and no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about, sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. As a busy mom, I need style, simplicity, and convenience when it comes to my wardrobe. And I'm so glad that I learned about Modern Mom Style Box. It's been a game changer for me. It's a monthly clothing rental subscription service where you stock your virtual closet and receive a box of cute styles that you've selected. You can try them on and either hang on to them for the month, you can purchase them at a reasonable price, or you can just return them in a prepaid shipping label when you're done. And you can receive multiple boxes with your month's subscription. Sizes go up to 4X and they have popular brands like Ann Taylor, Banana Republic, French Connection, and more. I want you to try it yourself for free for one month. So head on over to www.modernmomstyle.com to start your free trial today and tell them that Nicole from Mamas No Best sent you. Hello, and welcome to the Mama's Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Mrs. Iman. She is a bestselling author, speaker, and advocate for learners. She has worked with children most of her life, and after teaching special education in public schools, she decided she wanted to create a program that would work for all learners. She owned her master's in school counseling in 2013 and is certified in elementary education, special education, and guidance counseling. She has been featured on NPR, New York Times, and the Miami Times, as well as other outlets. She is currently the principal of Kind Academy, a progressive micro school located in South Florida. Her mission is to connect families with the best educational opportunities for their learners. Her goal is to empower students to believe they can be leaders in their communities by incorporating passion-based learning, hands-on education, and 21st century learning models. Miss Iman, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you on. How are you today?
1: Thank you so much. Oh, that sounded so
0: awesome. I know, right? When you hear (laughs) You're welcome. So before we get into all the wonderful things that you're doing, your mission, let's do my icebreaker round. So what is your favorite book?
1: One of my top favorite books of all time is The Alchemist. Like, just like mind blowing. I love the way the stories. Richest Man in Babylon is like really close, like, kind of like really up there, too. Right now, I'm watching Bel Air. I don't know if you saw it's like the new Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's like so dramatic, but I like it. That's my guilty pleasure. Is it good? It's pretty good. I think it's, I, I think for like, I like to see people of color in like, sure. you know, in shows and it's really
0: diverse like that. So I like that aspect. Yeah. You're actually the second person to tell me they watch it and they said they were surprised that it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it is. Very yep. cool. I'll have to check it out. Okay. What I is your superpower?
1: I make milk. <laughs> like, I literally breastfeed. <laughs> like, I like just Throwing it all out there right now. But no, that really is like one of my, like I make milk. I make humans and I make milk. I have four kids. That's a big part of it. But I make humans, I make milk. And I know education. Like I really love like teaching and I really do think that's one
0: of my magical powers. Oh, I love that. If you could travel back in time, do you think of maybe a period or a year you would like to go back to?
1: (laughs) I love history too. I don't know if you know, but I teach history. So this is a good question for me. I really do like, the Middle Ages, which is wild. <laughs> like I love the
0: Renaissance festival
1: and like stuff like that. So I'd go back as long as I could be like royalty, I would go back to like the castle days and stuff like
0: that. That's pretty yeah, that's pretty cool. If you could travel anywhere right now, where would it be too? oh this is on my bucket list and I'm gonna say the
1: Maldives are I hope I even said that right, but they've always Maldives, been, like, Maldives,
0: list. tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> I know
1: the water and the the houses over the water. Like I've always been like,
0: I want to go there. So yeah, very cool. We'll put it out there for good for manifestation. What has motherhood taught you? Let go. (laughs) Like let go. I really thought
1: like, especially my first, like I I can make him like all the things that I like and it's going to be like, like if I do all this, then it's going to be like this and it, it isn't. So I just really learned that they have their own personalities and just learning how to deal with different people. They really taught me how to learn, how to be around other people and just accept them for who they are. Still try to build them, but definitely letting go.
0: I love that. Okay, so before again, we get into all of what you're doing, your passion, your your mission, and it's, it's pretty awesome because we're both living in Coral Springs and the fact that you're doing this in the community. But before we get there, is there anything else you want to share with my listeners? Maybe share the ages of your children, kind of going into that and then we'll dive straight into how you came to wanting to create a micro school, what a micro school is, and all of that good stuff.
1: Absolutely. So I have a 10-year-old boy. That's my first. I have an 8-year-old, almost 9. And then I have a 5-year-old, and I have a 1-year-old. I have three boys, and my last one is a girl. So I got my baby girl. She's a
0: year old now. Nice. Okay. And how long have you and your husband been together? I know I saw on Facebook, you guys have been together a long time. Wow. I know. I don't even count anymore. (laughs) Like,
1: 17 years I think at this point
0: wow great for you guys 17. that's pretty awesome Thank you. That's something <laughs> really big to to celebrate and to acknowledge it is and and it's not easy like and I, I don't mean that it's like it's hard but
1: I really want to just make it clear like everyone kind of goes in thinking oh marriage like this it's it's a beautiful thing but it does take work so if it's like not feeling easy it's not always rainbows. It's, it's, we work, you know, we spend time like with each other and dates and talking and communication, all that good stuff. And sometimes you forget and then you have to go through that process all over again.
0: Yeah. I think it's easy when you're together for someone for so long, the complacency. I think once you reach like a 10, 15, 20, you know, like you, it, it just starts coming together. Like my husband's like, I don't even remember like a time when you weren't in my life, even though we've, I don't want to say only been together 10 years but i think it's easy when we're together for a long time we get complacent or we start taking things for granted and we ha- like you said i like how you said this. like you have to kind of you forget and then you got to bring back and be like wait a minute we're a team i love you you're my partner so that's but that's pretty good that you guys are, are working for that so that's awesome so what inspired you to create kind academy what is it what is all of that great stuff and what is a micro school well kind academy really came about because my 10
1: year old absolutely was like I can't go to school mom and I didn't really understand it at all by the time he was about even the first time I dropped him off at like two to preschool I hate it and I was like okay that could just be a thing you know like he's just you know three let's try three years old hate it mom I can't do this four years old did VPK absolutely despised it I literally like cried every single day and I mean like like And I'm a guidance counselor. So I was like, I understood separation anxiety. I understand school anxiety. We did all the stuff that we were supposed to do. And he still was like, I just can't do it. Like it's, and every single time that we would go to an environment where it was school, he was like, they're yelling at us. I can't eat. I can't go to the bathroom. Like I just, I just can't be a part of this. And everything that he was saying to me, I was like, ah, I hate that too. Like I hate it for myself. So like I love the flexibility of being an entrepreneur and being kind of free. So I totally understood where he was coming from and then not having people talk to me in a certain way. And since I had been in schools, I, did see it from that side too and understood where teachers were coming from and how stressed out they were having 25 kids in the class and not really being able to. So I understood what was wrong with the system. And I also didn't want my child in that, you know what I mean? But I also knew that teachers weren't being supported. So I understood where it was all coming from. He he really pushed me to, to try to figure something else out. So I, I kind of fell into the homeschooling world. I had already had my education background. I had already had my degree. I was already certified in those in elementary and all that good stuff. So a lot of people started coming to me like, can you take my kid? (laughs) Like, can you teach my kids too? And so we kind of started like at that point, really started like nature-based programming, nature school. We have a really cool program for the little, little ones. and it just grew and and exploded. People started saying like, can you take my kid for, you know, the day? And and sooner or later, it kind of started getting to where we're at now, which is now like, hey, can you start a school so that my kids can go there? So now I have a lot of kids that have been with us for like five or six years. Like, can can we come? And I'm happy to do so. So that's kind of where it all started was like my son saying that he needed something different. And I knew that what was happening in school socially, like all the testing and the teachers being stressed out and not being able to teach the way they wanted to and the kids being stressed out, I couldn't fix. And I didn't want my child to have to experience that if I could avoid it. So... That was a big part of it. And I knew that I wanted to be able to offer it to other kids, too, if I could.
0: Let me ask, what was your profession before? I know you have the background in education, but you said guidance counselor. So you were working and then you and your husband obviously come to the decision because if you're going to homeschool, you got to kind of leave there and say, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it full time.
1: Yeah. So I actually I was working in health insurance. I was working at actually before this so customer service, things like that. And then before that, I was serving. I was I was pretty I was at like Outback for a long time. I was a waitress and then a bartender and then pretty much like a manager. So I thought I was going to own a restaurant. Like that was kind of the goal. I went to, I started my, my career was supposed to be like a a proprietor hospitality industry and like it didn't work out well. And then I, I got pregnant, you know, and it was like, okay, well, I really wanted to do something that would lead into being able to spend time with my family. So education became the thing, but stayed home like when they were younger and then finally started putting them back into school and daycare and it
0: just never worked out. Okay. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So your 10 year old, when he comes to you, is he 10 at the time when he comes there? I know you said this about five or six years. So he was like five, six years old. Wow.
1: Yeah. By VPK. Like we did the whole, we did the whole VPK year with him when he was four every single day. It was, and I picked like the best school. Another thing was like play-based was just, there was like no such thing. It was so hard We only had sunflower creative arts and Miami nature play school. There was nothing here. So the closest thing I found, I was like, okay, well, they say that they do a lot of play, but he was sitting and I, I would go into the class and literally at four years old, they I would see cr- kids like crying in their seat at four years old, being forced to write three sentences in the morning and they couldn't go play if they didn't. And I remember saying to the director, I was like, this is exactly what I was trying to avoid. My kid is not like, I'm not doing that. His hand's not even formed. And I know some kids can do it, but I understand him crying about that. Like it hurts, things like that, which is it just got to the point that I was like, I can't. But four years old, by then he was sure that he didn't want to do school like that.
0: Wow. It's it's interesting because you, like you said, you have the perspective of, yes, your mom, you're hearing your child say X, Y, Z. But then as from the education standpoint, being like, look, I get it as well. Teachers are overwhelmed. They can only do what they can do. They're only one person. Maybe they are wishing they can do more play-based, but there's... Red tape and all these things and all of that, but I'm happy to see that there is more progressiveness when it comes to education. So when they come to you, these parents are like, "Hey, what what made you think okay that you're going from?" Because I know I've had quite a few homeschool moms on here, and they've all come from different necessity. Some wanted to do it; they knew they wanted to. Other ones were like. I got a bunch of kids. It was too expensive. I had to do it. Like it was all different needs and they all loved it and had their own thing with it. But truthfully, you could have just had it, had a few kids and kind of went with it. Funny enough, I had said during the pandemic, I said, if that was my thing, I was right. like, I would have opened something like that, like in my home, almost like a daycare, uh, but not really pod. like an education, like what a pod. Yeah. So, what, so tell me what made you take it a step further and say, you know what, let me formulate Kind Academy. And it just opened this year, correct? Like officially, officially. So t- talk about that story.
1: Yeah. So we're launching in August. It's going to be our first, our flagship brick and mortar year. So we've been, since COVID, we were virtual. Before that, we were nature-based. We did just nature classes, nature school and things like that and then COVID hit and everyone was like we need virtual really what happened was they were like well i had parents that needed the education still so i put everything that we did in class into a box and i shipped it to them and then people found out about it in like california and texas and they were like hey ship me a box too so we exploded during that time and then we would do online classes to basically supplement what we would do in nature school but now we're getting our first like building we never had a building before so this is a huge step it's exciting Everyone who knows has been through our program is like, you always said that you wanted a school. And I'm like, I did. And now I'm getting it. I'm scared. But I came to the idea that because it was just like, I knew that. And honestly, even somebody who doesn't have the education background, like you just know what you want for your kids. And you know what you want them to kind of be surrounded with. And you know that you want something different. And I just knew that my oldest wouldn't get that. And I always knew he just wasn't going to be like the college bound, sit in his seat, studious student, and that's just not his personality. And I didn't want him to feel like he was a failure in that sense. And I didn't want him to be targeted as that either. And I really didn't want him to lose his creativity. Like even now, he just creates and does things that are just like mind blowing, amazing. And I I knew sitting in a classroom eight hours a day just was not going to work
0: for him. No. And and it would diminish that side of him, I think. And I think that's pretty spectacular that you notice that you're like, look, what other school can I put him into? And what's going to elevate him to that next level, as opposed to, like you said, they're going to think he's a failure. And then kind of take the spark away from him that I think happens to a lot of students and then especially unfortunately children of color because they're the troublemakers when it's like no they're just young you know it's, it's a whole thing but tell my listeners for those that don't know specifically what is a micro school and what's a nature school so a
1: micro school is I mean it's like debated in the, in the circles but the way I view a micro school is under 50 kids I think is like a max I have a micro school, my homegirl, girl, far, she has a farm and she has 10 kids right now. And that's like micro micro, but that's like, I think a great number. We plan on being about 20 kids, anything under like 40 ish. I think really like accounts, basically a micro school is like, I know every single child's name and I know their personality. You know what I mean? As being the director for the school, like I can know every single, and I can kind of manage that. And, and we do have teachers and things like that, but it's almost like a classroom when you think about it, a smaller space. A micro school is really like a small school that's generally agile, which means we can kind of move around very easily and change things very easily to fit the needs of the learners. Most microschools are very progressive. They're alternative, they usually follow very homeschool models in the sense that they really individualize education. And that's because they're so small, we can really say, okay, well, Timmy's working on this level, Jamal's working on that level and we can really make sure every single student can work at their own pace. Very Montessori in that idea. Most micro schools now are like that. So a nature school is really like, it could be anywhere from like a day out where you go and do your education outside in nature, which is what we did every year. We, we did for the past like five or six years, 2017, where, where we started doing just nature classes outside. Every every single lesson we taught was outside in nature. So that's our nature school. Farm school, like my friend has a farm school. Colossal Academy is her school and she is completely on a farm every single day so some people say like you have to be there every day like I say as long as you're out there like one day a week I call that farm schooling or nature schooling or there's other really cool ones surf schooling or beach schooling uh, surf skate that takes us out to the beach on some days and we kind of partner with them and do that with them and that's super cool too
0: so basically you are the director of Khan Academy are you also going to teach like how does that work
1: it becomes very kind of community focused and family oriented as well. Like we have a parent that hopefully comes on board and she is an amazing vegan cook and she uh, will be teaching the students hopefully how to, how to you know, farm to tables type stuff and things like that. Um, so kind of cooperative, like in the sense that families will be helping out with teaching. They usually have to kind of put in a few hours, but we do have like two teachers coming on, like one early elementary teacher who's going to be teaching as well as an upper elementary teacher who's going to be teaching as well. And then I'll be the director, but we really will be, like team teaching. And hopefully my husband will be on teaching like a lot of STEM and carpentry and just really fun stuff like that, virtual reality classes, things that he's into. The big goal is to get like community experts that know what they're doing and have expertise as well. And partnering with them to be able to really enhance the education of our learners as well as using the community as our classroom, going to museums. Hopefully I'm gonna hopefully be reaching out to Coral Springs Museum of Art talking to them about like going there as often, talking to the library about going there as often as possible, local businesses and things like that.
0: Yeah, so basically you could have like different career days of people coming in and talking about it and instead of it being like once a year it's like no we had this so students are aware this is your life and they could talk about their expertise they can get an all-day workshop yeah. of like nice. staying yes. with a professional yes. that's pretty awesome so how do you hope to impact the community what is your main mission with the kind academy what is your mission and how do you hope to impact the future learners and the parents with kind academy
1: yeah so our biggest mission and always has been and it's still very- true. I'm like, I'm shocked that it hasn't really changed. But throughout this entire time, the goal has always been to build learners who are kind to themselves, kind to each other and kind to the world. And I believe that for parents as well as for the learners. So the parents, like we, our goal is to have parenting classes. We do something called conscious discipline. My friend was like, say conscious parenting because discipline you think like it, but conscious parenting where we learn how to be better parents. So people in our school, the goal is for the adults to learn how to be better parents to themselves and better parents for their kids but also the kids kind to you know themselves like teaching them stress management i teach like social the social and emotional learning is huge for what we do kind to each other conflict resolution things like that and then kind to the world our eco conscious like eco aware we are, we do plan on spending a ton of time in nature even with the school building being there this building is really there it's like a base camp but the goal is not to be in that building and as little as possible unless it's like raining or like really nasty outside
0: Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and underrecognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashi Paré, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career on your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. Why is a school like Kind Academy important? I just
1: said this the other day, and I really still do believe it to be true as well, is that the goal of our school is to really change the world. I really want our model to be something that people can look at and say, okay, she really changed the world. But I really think that the kids leaving our program will be change makers and world changers. The goal is to really change the idea behind the way education should be done, the way teachers treat students, the way administration treats teachers, the way the government treats teachers. I really think that doing things like this can literally like stop wars. Like if you teach people how to talk to each other and how to resolve conflicts, I think that those things are things that change the way the world works, you know, how to communicate with your partner when you're married, how to communicate with your children. Like you you start that from a really young age and they know how to do it. They go off and that changes the world. Right.
0: It does. Oh, that's so powerful. It's so true. Teaching our little ones, the little young learners how to do that. Imagine if we had been taught some of those things and nothing to our parents. They did the best right. they could with what they knew to do. Right. Absolutely. But now we know better research and science scientific-based research with it, that it does start from young. And I'm just so happy to see that because there's so much emphasis on like the conscious parenting, the peaceful parenting, being more aware of like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I believe in discipline in the sense of boundaries and right is right is wrong is wrong, you know, for sure. But that there's a way to say this little four-year-old has opinions and he's a little human being and he's allowed to be upset. And imagine if we had that. So the fact that these little people are Growing with that, it's amazing to see what the like you said what that change will be. So I would imagine that you would want to to see a lot more of kind academies around, whether kind academy another one. You'd like to see more of these to where we have this, right? That's
1: the long term. So that's the and I I coach like families who are opening their own schools now, and I just help them with like teachers who are like I really need to get out can you help? But the goal is to have 100 of these all over the world. And that's really long term. But the reality is, I think so many people, so many teachers, educators, parents, I think putting
0: it back into the hands of us and and really making that change would be a beautiful thing. And I think we're getting to that. Like I said, I think the pandemic, you know, I'm sure people deal, you know, with loss of life and things that people dealt with. But when you do take that out, like I think so much came from it, people realizing things have to change and looking at things from a different perspective and saying, wait, why does it have to be the status quo and the way things are? Why can't we shake things up a bit out of necessity and then just keeping it that way? So one question, it's accredited school, correct? Let's put it out there. It's an, or how does that so great work? Great
1: question. Yeah. So accreditation is a really interesting um, topic. So we're K through eight right now and we are not accredited. And I know that that's like something that, but that is most of our most of our kids who come through us are either homeschoolers or they're not going to be, their plan is not to be on the same path. And a big reason why people like to really be accredited is A, a lot of people want the accreditation because they feel like that is the way that they're going to get into high school or college. The reality is, is that nobody's really looking for your accreditation at the college level. What they're looking at is your transcript, they're looking at your essay, and they're looking at your SAT scores. Students who are on the college path generally are ready to take that SAT and do a great job. Homeschoolers, Get into, get into colleges just as much. And they usually do not, their homeschool is not accredited. So we are looking at it from the same direction. We aren't. We plan on getting our private school accredited. It takes, you need to be open for two years before you can get your accreditation. So the goal is to get one. But I don't want families being afraid of going through a school that is not, because generally speaking, you don't, a college isn't looking at that. I know different colleges need to look at other colleges and be accredited, but from the high school level, that's not a requirement, even though it feels like it might be.
0: That's a good point. Cause I think, I think as parents, think that, that we're like, oh, it has to be this. And it's like, no. And to say with homeschooling is no, there's plenty of kids that are homeschooled and don't have that. Inclusivity is super important to you. Why is it so important to you? And how do you hope to bridge the gap with inclusivity and the Khan Academy?
1: Yeah, looking back on how we started, like obviously I'm a person of color. Um, A big issue for us was a big issue for me was I could never find a community of people who looked like me. I was always the only black girl in the homeschool community. And then when I started talking about some issues that we were facing, it was kind of like I don't know, or I was shunned in a way, or things like that. So we really became, I think, the community that everybody who was kind of like the outliers would come and say, "Hey, like can we be?" And they were super welcome there. So. I want people to feel comfortable in our community. I don't care what you look like. I really don't, you know what I mean? Like, and not only feel comfortable, but know that we affirm everybody's differences and love the diversity of people. It really makes us stronger. Like a student with neurodiverse individuals. I'm like, please come because I want to expose my kids to that so that they know going off into the world that they are going to be upstanders to protect people who are not like them and to make sure that we don't tolerate anything being an issue historically. You know what I mean? So I, I- we, we love that. And I think that our school became that, you know, we, we love students who are, are families who are who
0: are different. Like we want families who are different to come. I know you said your goal would be awesome to have a hundred of these open. And, but where do you really see education in the next three to five years? Like I said, I've even known just talking to people, you have these pods opening up in all these micro schools, nature schools, where, where do you see it going? What in your perspective of your bird's eye view with it? I mean, the proof is like, and just like you said, like you see the pods, you see everybody. I do think
1: that some people will go back. But even now, like we like speaking from where we're at right now, like a lot of people did not go back to school. And I think that it's going to be like that for a while. I don't think that the rate is going to be as high as it was in COVID. But I do think I'm still getting so many phone calls from people saying, how do you start a pod? How do you start a micro school? How do you do this? So I think that the number is going to continue to increase exponentially. People are really starting to realize education doesn't have to be the way that we always thought it was and we also realize that the future is dramatically going to be dramatically different than what we thought you know what i mean it's we're talking about robotics we're talking about technology now like the kids we're just not we're, we're not doing the same things we used to do so teaching kids for a world that existed 30 years ago i think people really recognize that so i see a growth in microschools for sure and even like public schools i think will get smaller possibly and start to really cater to the smaller type of interest based programs for kids.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Because I think at some point, then the public schools and private schools are going to be like, whoa, there are more options than ever before. And I think you bring up a good point of the curriculum that a lot of the students are getting, especially when I say like in a traditional school, stuff from like way back when, and it's like, come on guys, like let's prepare our kids. I get it. There's some history that needs to be there, but let's switch it up a little bit. Let's prepare them. Like you said, there's so much that we need to kind of step ahead from. And I think one of the biggest things is the eco aspect of it and, and taking care of our planet and, and all of that. And the social aspect, the financial Financial aspect again. I know we talked about this, but the things that we weren't just taught until later on—that as adults we had to figure out, right? And still figuring it out. (laughs) That it's so true that we're still having to figure out of going to therapy or learning conflict resolution skills and leadership skills. There's a woman I spoke to that I thought was fascinating. She's a leadership coach for families. So she helps families. And I was like, oh, wait, what's that concept? And she's like, leadership starts in the home. And I was like, mind blown. I'm like, it's so true. And I had asked, I was like, oh, were were you a leader in corporate? She's like, I've actually never really been in corporate. It's just something of me understanding that what is our mission and values within our home? What is our leadership? And I, I was like, imagine if again, if we do this across the board, what that does for the future leaders of this country, of the world. So I am excited to see again where this goes. And it will be interesting to see what the public schools do to know that we got to do something, right? Because then what are they not going to have, you know, anyone there? So it's, a, it's an interesting thing to keep in mind. Of. I don't know if you keep in touch with this, but didn't our governor just sign something where there's no more standardized tests?
1: He did. It's funny. I just sent that over to my <laughs> Yes. So yeah, so I'm in a group with Compass Outreach in Fort Lauderdale Colossal Academy in Davie. And I have to shout them out because they are like my amazing. Yes, they did. And we were like, what does that mean? Like, what's gonna happen? So yeah, so that's and it's like the first time. So I will say that educationally, I would love that. That's what we do in our programs right now. Is we just as long as we see growth, we're pretty much happy with our students. And we we push them. But the reality is, it's not like, Oh, and I remember being in schools in, in January we were, we were in testing season. We were all about studying. Don't, we're not learning anything. You ain't going to recess. Like this is, we are, it's test taking time. And that's three months of preparing for the FSA to not have that happening. And I don't know what's going to take, I think we're all kind of like, well, what's going to happen now, what's going to take its place. And hopefully money isn't what like, A big company doesn't come in and say, well, you have to take this. Hopefully it really cuts testing time because
0: teachers are going to be able to teach. And like you said, they're able to teach and not have to worry about this test. That is like, at the end of the day, does it really matter? No. Right. Because then there's so many factors that come into play. So I just thought that was an interesting thing because I know it just happened. Look at that. Yeah, that's big. That's
1: big. That's big in our community right now.
0: (laughs) Okay. So... I know you said you guys launch in August. I am super excited for you because um, that's you. only some months away. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Kind Academy before I kind of get into like some of your habits and how you take care of yourself?
1: Oh no, I think that's it. I mean, we do amazing. I think we do amazing stuff. Like I really love what we do, and there's a lot of us out there like popping up. So if you don't have us nearby, like you can reach out and I'll try to direct you. But virtually, we do a bunch of us a stuff, a bunch of stuff online too. So you can find a bunch of stuff there. About us there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put in the show notes, of course, how people can reach you and yep. all of that. But okay, so let's get into some habits. So, how do you make time for self care? Filling your cup. Yes. Yeah. So, four kids
1: in, and there's moments where it's like, oh, I forget that I'm supposed to be doing stuff for myself. I walk often. And if it's like an hour walk, I do it. Listen, it's like just talking to the moms out there. I, the first, my first kid, I absolutely did not do self-care. And I did never said to my husband, Hey, can you take the Like, I was like, he should offer, you know what I mean? And now I'm like, here you go. Bye. I love you. Deuces. <laughs> like that's what's like change, and, and, and he doesn't care. Like, it, like <laughs> but he really couldn't read my mind. And I was stressed and, and overwhelmed all the time because of that. But I really have just learned how to be like, ask for help. And I know people say that and you don't believe it, but moms like really, 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 but be specific. Like, and I know it's hard to even like say, what do you need? You need time. You need time. You need time away from your children like most parents do. I love my kids. I homeschool them, and I still need time away from them. So don't ever think, oh, because you homeschool, you don't deserve that time. You deserve that time. Take that time. Get the time. So I take walks. I go out into nature as often as possible. Take walks. I go go to my room, and I shut the door. My kids are older now, and they can kind of like watch each other. So I go to my room, I shut the door sometimes for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I watch my Bel Air right now. I'm going to get back to that right after this. And I'm like, I love you guys, but don't talk to me for the next hour or so because I need to decompress.
0: Love it. And it what is kind of like your morning routine? I know I'm always interested in hearing like how people start their day, they end their day. Yeah. So speak a little bit on that because I know you're doing homeschooling. You have four right. kids. So it's a lot going on. How do you begin your day? How do you end yeah. your day?
1: Luckily, I wake up usually before my kids, and that's not I wake up at 5 o'clock because I don't <laughs> like, But I wake up at like 7.30ish, and they wake up like around 8.30ish, so it works out kind of well. So I get that kind of hour of quiet. Usually I'll take my walk at that time because it's like just such a beautiful time of day, nice and quiet. The birds are chirping. And I take my nice morning walk. And that really sets my day. Come back, have my nice hot cup of coffee that I brew myself at my house. And then I usually am, then it's like just going. And then I'm like, did I eat lunch? And I did it. I'm like, did I eat dinner? <laughs> oh, man. That's right. So, yeah, that's my morning routine pretty much.
0: And what's your evening routine? How do you kind of unwind for the day? Oh, man.
1: I always get to that point in the night where I'm like, oh, man. Like, I didn't, like, I, okay, this, I'm tired. <laughs> like, my, I start being like crabby. I start being, and my kids are all like, like I it's time to take a shower and then by eight nine latest usually by nine I'm I'm laying and then at that point I like watch a show or something like that play on my phone and just relax but I'm I'm done by that point like I'm I'm very early into bed and that's really my big like how I decompress I can't be up like walking around after nine o'clock
0: yeah I'm (laughs) I'm I'm with you and then how do you how do you and your husband make time for each other how are you purposely trying to do that Dates. We pay for the childcare,
1: and and for people who are like, I can't afford it. I totally understand that. Help. Hopefully, if you have family or friends or anything like that, but trade off, find that. And we try for like weekly. At this point, we were trying for like once a month, and that's not realistic. So, we try to go on dates every week.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my husband and I were trying to figure out what would work for us. And at first, with me starting my businesses, as you know, you know, there's a lot. And I think I kept. I was like, oh, well, once a month will be fine. And then I was like. No, I think we need to like check in. And even if it's just watching TV together on a Friday night that we know like I'm not doing any work and we're like there is just as important because you can be there but not really be there. And sometimes I am working, but he's next to me and we kind of check in. So there's different levels. But I think, yes, to your point, I had to be like, well, I think we need to be a little bit more mindful. I know for us, what really helped was my husband came up with this idea. And he's like, what if we just know? friday and saturday or whatever day like it's just standard this is what it is we know we're together and then that week of maybe we decide all right are we gonna go have a date date night where we go dinner movie or are we just gonna watch a movie in house and spend time together and it sounds so basic but it's like it's so true but i'm like because we weren't making time for it and i think once you have it in the calendar at least for me because i'm a calendar girl i had to see it and be like yep it's date night it's date night for it to really click because if not i think again it goes to taking it for granted and we push it to the side. Yep. Yep. It goes on the back burner. Right. And they're going to be there.
1: Right. But then it's like, you're, you're, you're mean to each other, or at least for me, that's like, cause I'm like, we never, we haven't filled our cups. Right. And we both work from home. So, but still it's like, we can literally pass each other all day and not connect. And then it's like, Saturday comes and it's like, okay, we know we have to do this. I love it.
0: Iman, are there any other final thoughts? I know we're wrapping up here. Um, I'm so happy that you're in the Coral Springs area. But are there any other final thoughts, anything you wanna put out to the to the podcast community?
1: Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for having me. I just really I'm I'm so grateful that you had me on. This is super cool, like what you do. And I know I like kinda stalked you a little bit. I'm <laughs> like, so but I just I mean for parents, like if you need an alternative, like education model, or if you just want something different, like, please reach out, please check out and please connect. But in all reality, like if you see that, like education isn't working for your learner, like say something about it and and do something about it. It's really something that could be life changing for you and them.
0: Love it. And I think a good point to say, which again, I didn't realize either you think, okay, I, if I can't leave my job to homeschool, you think there's no other resource. And it's like, no, there are Right, yes, like, like there's yes, things, and yes, I think that's yes. important to say. If I had to, had to, absolutely, right. but like, oh, not really my thing. But it's it's such a breath of fresh air to know that you're out there. There's yes, and there's funding, there.
1: and there's funding. Good point, and there's funding. Like a lot of people, especially going into kindergarten, don't know that there's step up scholarships. There's scholarships for students with disabilities. There are scholarships for kids who are bullied. There are there's like a lot of scholarships in Florida. So if you're like, I can't afford a private school. You'd be shocked. There's a ton of money out there that can be had for most families. And if you're making a good amount of money, you can still get it.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. No, that's awesome. But Iman, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at nicolegconsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out the MotherhoodVillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.